How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Hello, and welcome to another EMS World podcast. My name is Jonathan Bassett, Editorial Director at EMS World. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, And today we are discussing a topic that might make some EMS providers uh, nervous, emergency childbirth in the field. Uh, And this is a companion podcast to an article that appeared in our June 2020 issue, and that was titled Training EMS for Emergency Deliveries in the Field. I would uh, encourage you to check out that article for context on what we're going to be discussing today. Just search for that title um, on our website, Training EMS for Emergency Deliveries in the Field. The article was authored by a team of, I guess, then uh, medical students, now graduates of UT Health San Antonio's Long School of Medicine. Uh, along with two OBGYN physicians at UT Health. We're happy to have one of those authors joining us today, and I uh, would be remiss in not referring to him as Dr. Nicholas Stansbury. He's a recent uh, graduate, so congratulations, and uh, thanks for joining us today, Nick. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Uh, and again, this uh, this article that Nick uh, co-authored outlines uh, an interesting initiative by these medical students who went out into the EMS community and they wanted to educate EMS providers on handling um, out-of-hospital deliveries and, and childbirth emergencies. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that program today and uh, the success that they that they witnessed uh, was, was really interesting. So um, Nick, I was hoping you could just uh, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, as I mentioned, you just graduated medical school. Uh, do you have uh, do you have an interest in this this field? Do you have uh, a background in EMS? Just talk a little bit about how this uh, how this came about. Okay, of course. So, yes, I just graduated from medical school here in San Antonio, and now I'll be starting my residency in obstetrics and gynecology in July. So that was kind of my interest in the obstetrical part, and uh, my background is not an EMS at all, but I have an extensive background in quality improvement. So that allowed this to birth, if you will. Mm -hmm. During every spring here in San Antonio, there is a meeting of first responders and um, things like this. And our residency program director teaches a course on emergency birth um, for this conference once a year. And just very few first responders in the area come. So during my third year in medical school, she invited me and other students to come and help her teach the course. And at this uh, conference, I noticed how few providers were there and also how all of them continued to ask, oh, I wish we had more learning. I wish my my uh, fellow peers could be here and learn. This is so stressful for us. We don't really know how to handle the situation. And that allowed me to birth the idea that, wow, I could use my quality background to make a very simple course to train EMS providers and allow everyone in the San Antonio area that's interested to learn the basics of childbirth in the field to try to make a stressful situation 
less stressful, and empower these providers. Yeah, and it really is kind of an un, uh, untapped, I guess, area in a lot of ways. I, I know in going to EMS conferences, I'll, I'll sit in on uh, sessions related to, you know, emergency childbirths. And, and that, that is a common theme that, you know, there, we, we, we don't get a lot of this training and it, and it is, uh, it is very important, um, if, if an emergency comes up. So, um, very, you know, a, a very niche area, but one that's, that's certainly needed. Uh, talk a little bit about how the, um, the project started. How, how did you go out and approach um, fire departments, EMS agencies? Were they receptive to the idea? How did you kind of get it going? Yes. So once I had decided to make the course, I went and talked with my leadership and they were uh, very gracious in helping me plan things. And after I told them my plan, um, to be honest, I went on Google and looked up phone numbers for fire departments around San Antonio and just cold called fire station after fire station um, as many as I could. I quickly found out that the San Antonio Fire Department is trained through UT Health. So we didn't need to train them because they were already getting the training through our university. But other fire stations in the surrounding area, such as Leon Valley or Holotus or other stations like this, did not get the formal training every year. So I cold called these stations. I called, called about 25 stations and about uh, 10 answered. And we taught the courses at these stations. Can you talk about some of the main uh, topics co- covered in the course? I know, um, you know, prolapse and, and things like that are, uh, were central to the instruction. What, um, and, and the article kind of goes into this, but uh, what were some of the main, I guess, um, takeaways or, or people or, or things that you wanted to get across uh, to the providers during the course? Yes, definitely. The first thing we really wanted to hammer home to the providers is, you can deliver a baby in the field if you need to. People have been doing it for thousands of years. You have the training. We really wanted to empower them that they had the knowledge and they had the skills. So we spent a lot of time on normal vaginal delivery. And then we wanted to spend more time on maternal hemorrhage because we know that maternal hemorrhage is a large cause of maternal mortality throughout the United States. And we wanted to give them very basic techniques on a bimanual uterine massage and just a very simple technique that they could use in times of stress to be able to help mothers out and really decrease the death of maternal mortality. At the very end of the course, we covered more rare things just so they would be aware of them, such as a shoulder dystocia, umbilical cord prolapse, um, and things like this. Um, But we really wanted to focus on those two really high yield areas of normal vaginal birth and then, of course, maternal hemorrhage. You mentioned cold calling uh, some of the departments around the area. How was there? What was the reaction? Was there any um, hesitation on their part? Were they receptive? Was there a sense of who are you and and what, why why are you doing this kind of thing? Or talk a little bit about that. You know, surprisingly, they're. Um they were very trusting. They really believed that I was a medical student and really was interested in teaching, which was great. Um, but you know, everybody, I will, it's, I should have put this in the article. Maybe everybody that answered the phone and that I talked to about the course participated the other stations. I could never get a hold of the, of the captain, or I had the number listed was incorrect or, um, you know, things like this, but everyone that I specifically talked to about the course and gave my spiel, 
they were all very interested. It was just kind of getting a hold of them that was the most difficult part. Well, it's it seems like the the training um, was successful. Uh, I I learned from your article and the graphs that you provided that um, there was remarkable improvements in the scores related to questions on uh, childbirth emergencies and field deliveries. Were you surprised at at all at, at how successful it was and the improvements in those scores? The improvement on the scores as far as their overall score from the pre-test to the post-test, I really wasn't surprised because these first responders are intelligent. They are in more emergency situations than almost any uh, physician. They're always in those emergency situations and they have the skills. I just think they needed to be empowered and they needed to have a simple outline of instructions, which I think we were able to provide. So I was very happy to see those results. I think one thing that did surprise me with the results is less than half of them on the pretest felt confident about doing an emergency delivery before we came in. And I was thinking about all the thousands of first responders in the United States. And if less than half of them feel confident, that's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. It was so great to see that 100% of our participants felt confident afterwards. And I think that really surprised me how just a short course increased confidence that quickly, not just a score on a test, but increased confidence. And I think that's the thing that really inspired our group to see, well, they're not just getting correct answers from some slides we showed them, but we're increasing their confidence as providers. And we think this can go a long way to helping mothers in the field. And again, I would encourage our uh, listeners to check out that article because it really does detail the questions that you ask before and after and the improvements in the scores. Was there was there ever a sense, um, and this is just kind of popping into my head, you know, you're, you're, you're a medical student, you were a medical student at the time, and you're, you have, you have um, a lot of things at your disposal when, when a, a woman is delivering in a hospital setting. Did you get any sense from the first responders that, oh my gosh, this just isn't practical, or you don't, you don't really know what it's like out there kind of a thing? Um, any, any, I guess, hesitation or questions from EMS providers along those lines? Definitely. I think sometimes we would start talking and they would you know, I'd say, are there any questions? And I would, several times I got the, well, I just don't think you realize how stressful it is. You know, Mm -hmm. this isn't, oh, come deliver my baby. I'm, you know, at this address, come over Mm -hmm. whenever, you know, this is screaming, freaking out blood, you know, we've never done this. So I think after the first couple sessions, we really let them talk to start the session. We let them say, what scares you about childbirth? What, Mm -hmm. what really is the biggest fears that come to your mind? And I think we quickly saw that it was, the stressful situation, something they hadn't seen before. And what we, what we did is we just altered the course and just focused on, we made, we put the mannequins over in the corner. We made it a stressful situation and we said, let's make it simple. We're not going to talk about things we have in the hospital. We're going to talk about things that you see when you're out there. And I think that allowed our course to be a little more real. And it almost makes it more of a two-way street, doesn't it? That um, maybe medical students get get some enlightenment as to what the the field providers are are doing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a, a win-win for both sides. I would think. I definitely agree. 
I think there is, at least for myself, uh, there's sometimes some bias of, oh, why didn't they do that in the field? They could have mm-hmm. done this. They could have done that. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you really don't know all the things that were going on out there. And by, like you said, putting ourselves in their shoes are really allowed us to kind of be more open-minded and I think become better teachers as we try to get this course to other people. And then speaking of teaching and, and kind of uh, breaking through, I, I learned from your article that it was the the hands-on uh, component of the learning that seemed to really resonate and, and kind of stick, you know, stick in the, the minds of the students. Any other trends or, or um, successes that, that you learned that you can sort of fine-tune, fine-tune the instruction? Definitely. You know, I think our lecture portion was good and we, we gave some good knowledge, but you know, these first responders, they get lectures and they get question banks and they get things like this, but it's when you actually get your hands in there and actually start working with the mannequins and start going over real life situations that I think really hits home. So I think in the future, as we talk about providing this course to other people, we really want to kind of narrow down that lecture to, you know, 15 to 20% of the time and spend 80 to 85% of the time on hands-on, letting them make mistakes, helping them make improvements, and really letting them feel like they're in action. Do you ever get any follow-up from your former students? Maybe uh, maybe they get back in touch with you and say, oh my God, you taught us this in class and this actually did happen the other day. Do you have any, uh, I guess, uh, remarkable uh, stories of deliveries from the EMS providers that you're teaching? There was one station that we taught at that I've been in communication with uh, their educational director. And he said that since we taught the course, they've had a couple scenarios. And uh, thankfully, they've been normal vaginal births and there hasn't been any huge hemorrhages, so not any crazy stories. But he said, you know, just since their providers have had this training, it's just been more of a smooth process. You know, it's not a freak out when they go there. They know where the bag is. They know how to execute. And he said it's really just allowed things to fall in line and be more clear for providers, which is really great for us because we want it to just be a normal um, a process, uh, just like everything else they do. Can you talk a little bit about the the future and and next steps. I I know that you mentioned in the article a potential uh, formal curriculum that's offered free of charge to first responders and medical schools. Can you talk a little bit about um, that and and what your plans are for the future? Definitely. I think this is one of the things our team is most excited about because we had 59 participants in our study, but there's so many more first responders throughout the United States and we really want to reach them. So our next step has been, as we graduate and become residents, I have now assigned a fourth-year medical student here at the medical school in San Antonio, and she will continue to run the project and work with other first responders throughout San Antonio and go back to the stations we were at last year if they're interested in a retraining. And also there is a branch of paramedics who work specifically with the University and UT Health Science Center, and we're going to be training them throughout this year. Since I'm going to be a first-year resident in obstetrics and gynecology here in San Antonio, I'm going to go to these courses as I have time and try to make more of a connection with our residency program, with our faculty in OBGYN, and the first responders throughout the community so we can have more of a cohesive bond. And then our second step as we try to reach more people, this past year, I was the medical student representative for the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists for the Texas District. 
And as I hand off my position as I graduate, our new representative will be passing on this course to all the medical schools throughout Texas so they can see what we did. They can read our article on EMS World and see our methods and see what we did so they can, if they are interested, pass along this to their first responders uh, throughout Texas. And we hope to continue that throughout the United States. Well, we certainly appreciate you sharing the story with us. Um, we at EMS World would be very interested in, you know, keeping uh, keeping on top of the developments there. It sounds like it's a very worthwhile initiative. We appreciate your time today. Do you have any closing comments or uh, remarks for our audience today? I would just like to say thank you to EMS World for, you know, taking the time to highlight our article. We really think you know, especially with all the stress going on in the world right now and all the home births that might be happening with people staying home, it's a wonderful time to educate first responders about how to deliver babies in the field, about how to stop maternal hemorrhage as we try to um, protect babies, we try to protect mothers, and just make the world a better place. All right. And we thank again Dr. Nicholas Stansberry for joining us today. That's going to do it for today. We will uh, see you on our next podcast. Keep an eye on our webpage. It's emsworld.com slash podcasts. And uh, again, check out uh, Dr. Stansbury's article on EMS World. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, Nick. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Hello, EMS World listeners, and welcome to our June 2020 article read aloud and podcast. My name is Jonathan Bassett, Editorial Director of EMS World, and we are very happy to have you joining us today. This month, we take you to San Antonio, where an innovative project at UT Health San Antonio Medical School is training first responders on how to handle childbirth emergencies in the field. You will find this article online at emsworld.com. Just click on the magazine tab at the top. And depending on when you hear this, you may have to click archives and select the June 2020 issue. From there, just look for the article, Training EMS for Emergency Deliveries in the Field. The online version of this article includes graphs and a sidebar that you'll want to check out for some added context to this uh, very interesting story. And here is the article in uh, audio form. First responders get very little training or hands-on experience with one of the most stressful, emotional, and eventful calls they experience, emergency birth in the field. While unplanned births outside the hospital are uncommon and usually uncomplicated, they do represent a vulnerable situation for both women and neonates. Field deliveries are most commonly complicated by maternal hemorrhage or neonatal hypothermia, demanding rapid assessment and cautious action from first responders. Every spring, first responders from San Antonio and the surrounding areas come together for the Southwest Texas Regional Advisory Council, or STRAC, conference. At this conference, first responders receive training in a wide variety of topics, discuss new research that applies to their field, and undergo hands-on refresher courses. 
One such refresher is EMS to Hospital, Managing Delivery Emergencies in the Field, and that's run by the OBGYN department from the UT Health San Antonio Long School of Medicine. UT Health San Antonio and STRAC have combined for this training for several years. However, during the 2019 session, students posed some interesting questions. Number one, what percentage of first responders in San Antonio and the surrounding area actually attend STRAC conference? And two, do the first responders feel they are adequately trained in emergency birth in the field? To answer these questions, students sat down with STRAC attendees and asked them if they felt adequately trained for emergency birth in the field and if they felt their coworkers who did not attend the show felt so as well. Unanimously, respondents conveyed that they were grateful for the one-hour training during the STRAC conference but felt it was simply not enough. They reported they didn't get enough hands-on experience due to the high number of attendees and because their entire team was not able to attend the conference. Responders also said their goal was to take their skills back to their station and teach others, yet they quickly found this was not practical as they had no access to birthing mannequins for practice and did not feel they were adequately trained to teach others. After understanding that conference attendance was a major barrier to learning, the authors of this article calculated that fewer than 10% of the emergency first responders in the San Antonio area actually attended the STRAC conference. Therefore, medical students at UT Health San Antonio led an initiative to partner with first responders and take the EMS to hospital course to individual fire stations in the area. And in this manner, EMTs and paramedics could be trained in small group sessions free of charge with the goal of improving knowledge and confidence regarding obstetrical management in the field. This project was conducted by three fourth-year medical students as an elective course with the help of two faculty advisors. They contacted 25 fire stations in the San Antonio area to announce the course and to explain its objectives. They completed a total of 10 training sessions between October and December. A session consisted of a 30-minute presentation of the EMS to hospital course, which covered topics including nor normal vaginal delivery, breech delivery, umbilical cord prolapse, shoulder dystocia, and maternal hemorrhage with uterine massage. Following the presentation, they conducted a hands-on practice session wherein first responders had the opportunity to practice bimanual uterine massage, normal vaginal delivery, and breech delivery using obstetric mannequins. To assess the educational success of the course, each first responder took pre-course and post-course surveys. And finally, the training concluded with practice questions revolving around clinical scenarios to, to solidify overall understanding. The results of the uh, training sessions were as follows. In total, 59 surveys were completed. The mean percentage of correct responses improved from 45% to 99%. The most missed question what is the next best step after identifying an umbilical uh, cord prolapse scored 45% on the pre-course survey and 99% on the post-course survey. 
The question, quote, what is the most common cause of postpartum hemorrhage improved from 34% to 99%. The mean percentage of correct responses improved from 45% to 99%. On the pre-course survey, 55% of responders agreed or strongly agreed with the statement, quote, I feel very confident about my ability to adequately perform an emergency field delivery, end quote. And following the workshop, 100% of responders indicated agreement or strong agreement with that statement. This unique educational opportunity was well received by local first responders and had a positive impact on their relationship with obstetrical emergencies. The data clearly showed participants had educational improvements within all areas of the course. Overall, participants increased their percentage of correct answers by 55%. In addition, 81% of first responders felt more confident about performing an emergency delivery in the field than before the class. Meanwhile, 45% of responders who were not confident prior to the session expressed confidence afterward. In the survey, question number two was the most missed in both pre- and post-assessments. However, there was a remarkable decrease in incorrect answers from 73% to just 3% of participants. This further demonstrates the effectiveness of the presentation's emphasis on key concepts. General feedback indicated the hands-on simulation and practice questions were the most instrumental to students' success following the course. Overall, the course was successful in its goals of improving first responders' knowledge and confidence regarding emergency obstetrical situ uh, situations. Data obtained from the surveys can be used to tailor future courses for maximum educational impact. However, even in its current form, the presentation has proven a useful tool in exposing emergency care providers to vital obstetrical concepts. In conclusion, this session yielded evidence of multifaceted improvement for all participants. First responders improved in their responses to survey questions regarding obstetrical management and self-reported increased confidence in their ability to perform in emergency field delivery scenarios. General feedback indicated the hands-on simulation and practice questions were the most instrumental to post-course success. The future uh, direction of this project will be to develop a formal curriculum that can be widely distributed free of charge to first responders in medical schools. This will allow educational partnerships to develop so this training can reach as many first responders as possible in years to come. Currently at the University of Texas Health uh, Services uh, school, fourth-year medical students are working with third-year medical students to train them as teachers, so the formal education and partnership with San Antonio first responders can continue. Although this project was created to establish a refresher course on obstetrical emergencies in the field, future efforts should be directed toward evaluating long-term retention of participants' knowledge and tracking patient outcomes from responders receiving this supplemental training.
This concludes the article read aloud, and the first author of that article was Dr. Nicholas Stansberry. I would encourage our readers to view the online article for graphs and photos that help illustrate the improvement in provider understanding after these specialized training sessions. And this podcast episode also includes an exclusive Q&A with Nick Stansberry, who uh, offers more context to the initiative in San Antonio. And uh, we encourage you to listen to that and also uh, view the article at emsworld.com. That's going to do it for today. We thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next podcast, which you will find on emsworld.com slash podcasts. Again, thanks for all of our listeners for joining us today, and have a great day. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.